Good morning, Rock Bible Church. Where did you all come from? From home, right? Uh, it's good to see you. Uh, good to be here. Thank you. This was my Christmas gift that didn't arrive for Christmas. And uh, so I just got one, and I guess the youth and my son, and they had all coordinated this thing, and they thought, everybody will get a shirt in that group, and then you get a number and your name on the back. And it's like, oh, I get my name. And my nice, do I have my favorite number? It's like, no, we got you a number that was very appropriate. <laughs> like, I'm the zero? What? So, anyways, I uh, thought we would wear the shirt and have a little fun today. Welcome to Rock Bible Church. We are a Christ-centered, biblically-based, compelling, casual community. It's really easy. You just read it. Okay? Unless you're out in public, and then you're like, I can never remember it. We are compelling ourselves and others to Christ in casual ways that welcome all to worship, being in a community that... All right, there you go. Just read it. All right, are we good? Do we need more light in here? I think I feel like I need more light in here. No? You guys are happy? All right, let's go. We're going to, uh, continuing our series in John. We just started last week. Chapter 1 is, is long enough that uh, we, we just did the first... 28 verses, and then there was light. Um, and so, uh, very excited about John. It's probably my favorite gospel. And it, it looks at Christ and the gospel story in very different ways. Uh, we, we think of Christmas like we just had, and, and we have the baby Jesus, and then the wise men, and the shepherds, and that little drummer boy, and all that. None of that in John. Uh, we, we, we get the angels singing and stuff in the, in the other uh, Gospels. We, we get stories of Jesus in his youth uh, getting left behind in the temple and teaching and the parents coming back to find him and like, hey, didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? None of that in John. In fact, we, we get into John and last week it started with this comparison to Genesis chapter 1 because John starts writing his book kind of in the same way Genesis 1-1 started, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? That's how Genesis are. John starts, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so you get this fun little start, but what we notice is we skip all the beginning stuff, all the Christmas stuff, all the young stuff, and then there's this discussion with John the Baptist, who's the one in the wilderness, preaching, prepare the way for the Lord, but 28 verses into chapter 1, there's still no Jesus. You get to meet him today. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 29 and following. We're going we're gonna to look at what happens when Jesus starts acting. When Jesus is on the scene. And it's, it's kind of interesting. We're going to have a little fun with it. If you look at your outline, it says at the top, it, got, it has the uh, reference. And then it says, uh, finding and following. Any guesses on why it says that? Jesus is going to find a bunch of people. A bunch of people are going to find him. And then there's going to be a bunch of following going on. In fact, at one point, he's going to say, follow me or come follow me. And I want us to see how simple that is and enjoy the simplicity. And we're going to get to the end and talk about why, why is that so great. Uh, because it's a great story. Remember, uh, John would write it down and share it for us. One, because God wanted him to. Two, because there was something to know in it. And we, we want to pull that out. We want to find out what is there to know in this 
account of Christ's life. Yeah? Let's pray and uh, we'll jump in. Lord, uh, bless our time, your word, our understanding of it, and what it teaches us about you. And I, I thank you for uh, church and the ability to come and worship and mostly that we get to begin our relationship with you, continue our relationship with you, or grow it. And so I pray that's what happens this morning. We pray to be guided by your spirit and each of us would find something that is specific to ourselves. We pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. John chapter 1, verse 29. Here we go. The next day, so uh, John the Baptist is different than John, the writer of the gospel. He was just being talked about and something happens the very next day after that, right? He, that would be John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which I think you should try on the street at some point. You see somebody, you should be like, hey, behold, the Lamb of God. No, it wouldn't be applicable, but it would be funny. Right? Behold, the Lamb of God. How'd that go over? Is that awkward or funny? For them, it was neither awkward nor funny. What, what would that reference be? Wait a minute. Lamb of God. Wait, this is really serious. Are you using terms that were prophesied about? Wait, are we seeing something everybody wished to see before they pass? And yet we get to see it? He says, hey, look, there he is. Who takes away the sin of the world. Great commentary. Um, would, would have been a hint for what was going to happen at Easter rather than they thought he was going to come in and take over military fashion and set up a kingdom said no my, my victory is going to be over something else not flesh and blood verse 30 this is he of whom i said after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me he says there's somebody more important than me right here there he is i love that because uh, most of us can't do that You just going to buy that hook, line, and sinker? We have a very hard time letting someone else be more important than us. You know what I mean? Even when you let somebody else go in front of you in line, you kind of are like, yeah, I pat myself on the back. I let them go first. And then who looks good? You do. There's something about this relationship with God that John the Baptist figures out and, and witnesses to us that you have to be beyond yourself. You have to know there's, there's greater things out there that some people, most people, how about all people, are better than you at something. You, uh, anybody raise kids? Little kids? I want to do it. I want to do it myself. Okay, great. We'll let you do that for a little while. But just because you want your independence and your autonomy doesn't mean you can't connect with those who are ahead of you. And how do you re recognize the value of both? Says this is he ranks, he outranks me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came, baptizing with water, that he might be what's this word here? That he might be revealed to Israel. Um what's what's the idea behind revealed? We're going to have a gender reveal party. You heard about these? We're going to pop balloons and either pink or blue stuff's going to come out. We're going to 
shoot a gun and the smoke color is going to tell us the gender of the child. Why, why, do we, why do we do this? What's being withheld? Information. Once they have the reveal, now you starts with K, but you don't pronounce it. No. Now you know. Right? You're trying to get this information. How do you know? It says, look, God's meant to be revealed to us so that we can know Him. One of the best things about God, besides Him being God, okay, that has to be first, right? Maybe second best, is that rather than staying up in heaven, oh, strings and controlling everything, treating us like Pinocchio, puppet, which by the way is kind of the fun version of that story, right? It really is a gospel story. No, instead, he doesn't do that. He comes down to earth and says, I want to reveal myself to you. John says, you have to know that. John, verse 32, bore witness, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. Remain. I mean, the Spirit could have come in and be like, hmm, and then and he's on how 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 much better that it comes down and it and then it just stays there what's the difference what's the feel is a quick visit it was it was a drive-by appearance or no we've started something what what was that what did you say we've started a relationship right Sorry, it's the treasurer of the board sitting in the front row. She has to answer enough questions. She's got a quota and you know, whatever. Um, Remained on him, and I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain. There's that word again. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to get into that a little bit later when we do our fill-ins, but there's one thing to, to come down and, and baptize with water. Um, they did this. It was, it was a uh, Jewish ceremony. It was used for cleansing. If you're going to go into the temple and you're going to do your thing and offer your sacrifice and be around the priest, well, you're not worthy. So you've got to go in and do this ceremonial washing to clean you. Okay, that's cool. Um, what would a baptizing with the Holy Spirit then? That'd, that'd be like a cleansing of the Holy Spirit. But now we're not baptizing with water. We're baptizing with an entity. We get that feeling of uh, uh, the start of a relationship again. What John is really saying, John the Baptist and John the Gospel writer are both saying is that now we're playing a whole new game now. A game that was, we've yet to see in the First Testament, the Old Testament. It's a whole new scene. As, as C.S. Lewis would say in the Chronicles of Narnia, Oslin is on the scene or on the loose i like that one right and i have seen and bore witness that this is the son of god was he clear crystal verse 35 the next day so here's another day uh, again john was standing this be the baptist again john the baptist was standing with two of his disciples he looked at jesus as he walked by and said behold lamb of god hey in case you didn't catch it yesterday I'm going to point them out to you again because they want you to catch them. I want you to get this. Recognize, how about start something? The two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. They just heard, hey, here's Son of God. And what's their response? 
follow. If, if you thought that God somehow was acting within a person, and they said, hey, here's this guy, Fred, and he's doing some stuff with God, you should check it out. You'd follow him for a little bit, right? Why? Because you fully believe it yet? I want to see, right? Do we have any skeptics? See, I like science and empirical evidence and all these kind of things. You better, if I, if I could prove, or excuse me, if I could disprove God or if I could prove that God didn't exist, this would have ended a whole long time ago. But I keep having these crazy experiments. I invite you to have your own crazy experiment with them. So that maybe you could follow him too and see what, what is something really there. Jesus turned, verse 38, saw them falling and said to them, wait, God turns around and talks to him? Well, what are you seeking? What are you looking for? What do you want? They said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, uh, where are you staying? Is, is, that, is that where you're leading with if it's you? Right? If you think it's Son of God, uh, oh, where are you staying? <laughs> Yeah, what are you having for lunch today? Uh, want to get a coffee? Which I think would even be better. Maybe that's what he's saying. They're just trying to figure out how do I start this engagement? There's a great teaching point right there. How have you, how can you, how will you start your engagement with him? It can be really, really simple and semi lame. And watch, it works. He said to them, ah, come, let me show you. How cool is that? Oh, you, you want to know where I'm staying? Okay, weird question, but yeah, come on, here we go. We go check it out. So they came, sorry where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He followed, and then what's he do next? Verse 41, and he first found. Once you start following, you start finding things. When you find him, you start following him, and then when you start following him, you start finding more things. Do we see the circle? We're finding and following in continuum. <coughs> you got to come check this out, Peter. We found the Messiah, which means the Christ. Now, if um, Lamb of God was a little bit obscure and I joked about it and you laughed and I said, would it have been a joke for them? No, they would have said, this is the answer to prophecy. This one's even more clear. That word, uh, Messiah, which we're mispronouncing, Mashiach is the way you'd say it in Hebrew. How'd I do? Tompkins, was that close? All right, good. Our resident Hebrew expert. Um, they would have known what that meant because it's all over the First Testament. There's going to be a Mashiach. Somebody says, hey, look, we found him. You know, every, he's got everybody's attention. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you're Simon, son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. And we had a great interaction with Peter later. Right? He says, Peter, you're gonna, your confession, that's going to be the rock that we found the church on. Welcome to Rock Bible Church. Okay? This is one of the rock stories that's going to come from him later. This is where he starts to get his name. 
Before that, it was probably just Simon. Next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee and he, he found Philip and said to him, I told you I cheat. I, I don't make up all this stuff. I just steal it out of the passage, right? The finding and following thing. Follow me. And Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of, Peter, of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathanael. He said to him, we have found him of whom the, the Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. What is fun about this is now we're not just talking about this title. Hey, I found Mashiach. No, it's Joe's kid from down there in Nazi. We're, we're getting very specific. I know I, I actually met exactly who he is, right? We want specifics. He says, let me show you specifics. Watch the, watch the response he gets here. Verse uh, 46. Next slide. Nathan, Nate said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? It was apparently a phrase of the day. Apparently there was prejudice back then too, even within Jewish culture. So which town you're from. And we think it's new. It's always been around. Philip said to him, come and see. Or another way to say that would be say, hey, follow, follow me and I'll go show you. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed. Ooh, kind of fun, because if nothing good comes from Nazareth, but then the Son of God says, Oh no, he's an Israelite. We just reaffirmed him, huh? Made him feel better. In whom there is no deceit. He's a truthful guy, man of character. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. I know where you were. I know how you got here. And I know who did it. All stuff he wouldn't really be able to know. What's he just proving to Nathaniel, the guy who has a little bit of doubting? We all think he was doubting Thomas. You know, Nate doubted first. And somehow he lost his title. What's he proving to Nate? He's proven who he is. Who could know that? Right? Hey, Philip, did you go tell Jesus right before we got here? Right? How do you know me? Nathaniel, uh, Nathaniel answered him, verse 49, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered him. And this is, this is funny. I've, I've said this quite a few times. You need to read the Bible with a little bit of sense of humor. Okay, because this right here is going to be a little bit sarcastic. Wait, because I said I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? Like that was enough? Don't you want to see a little more? You'll see greater things than these. Maybe for us, not about God, but for us, maybe the most powerful set of words in this chapter. And I, and I want to ask you, you want to see greater things? You want to see healing? You want to see forgiveness? You want to see reconciliation? You want to see uh, wisdom? You want to see, uh, but just happy, recovery, joy, all those primary emotions. I tell you what, I'm, I'm getting tired and I'm getting old and I'm getting grumpy. 
like to say I suffer from OLD. People are starting to bother me. And I'm, everybody was asking me, like, hey, what's your word for the year? You know, we all, our family, we all come up with a word for the year. My, my word's going to be mercy. My word's going to be joy. Really? My word's going to be no. <laughs> I want to see greater stuff. I'm tired of wasting my time. And if he's fake or these are just stories or as some famous person in the news that wrote a book and she's kind of important said is the Bible is just a book of myths. Then I want to know that and I want out because I'll get my little bit of greater things by pursuing them myself and that won't go very well, will it? I can't predict. In fact, the Bible tells me I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. I got this little cold right now. I don't know if you can tell. I'm feeling mighty low. My voice has changed. I'm really kind of enjoying it. You know, might not recover. You know, who knows? I want to see greater things than these. Hey, fig boy, won't you ask for something more? It's kind of like... Uh, when God talks to somebody in the Old Testament, says, ask me anything and I'll provide. It says, I will not test the Lord my God. And God says to him basically, why are you wasting my time then? I'm trying to give you greater things. And you won't even ask me for anything? Okay, now, we're going to step out of the passage just into practical life, okay? If you run into an angel or son of God or any of them and they say, hey, what do you want? I think I taught you guys this already. What do you ask for? I think I'm going to grant you one wish. You can ask for anything you want. Three more wishes. Okay, as long as we get that right. right. I'm, just, I'm just trying to help you. I mean, there's a theology side is what I mostly do. Every once in a while, I give you a practical. Okay. Is that why you believe? How about you doubt a little longer? Almost is what he's saying, so that I can show you some stuff that knocks your socks off, and then you have to believe. You want to believe because, oh, he saw me by the fruit tree. How about you believe because you can't explain it, how well it's going? That's what I want. You know Nathan probably wanted it, and that's why Jesus says it to him. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened. And the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Okay, what does that mean? I don't know. I'm just going with I don't know. Is it better than a fig tree though? Yes. Well, may the Lord bless the reading of His Word. Amen? Amen? This is kind of an interesting little um, section of Scripture. It's almost like John 1 is like the setup. I don't know if this has been your experience in reading the Bible for yourself. I will start reading things, and like John 1, I'll start reading it. I'm like, I'm like, this is just all the preliminary information. Are we just setting the setting? Can we just get on to the good stuff? And I missed it for years. I want to show you the good stuff that comes out of this passage, okay? One, Jesus on the scene. Finally on the scene, John chapter 1. And he starts finding people. He starts asking them to follow him. Jesus himself is following the instructions of his father. We see John the Baptist following the instructions of what he calls him who sent me. 
And John the Baptist finds Jesus, and he finds more people, and those people find Jesus, and they find more people, and they all start following. Now I know why I got a cold. It's a virus. You're supposed to be addicted and contagious and getting everybody else infected as well. Why? Because what's the end game? Greater things. How do we know that? What do we buy about it? There's three things I want us to see about the character of God in this. Because when Jesus shows up on the scene in human form and starts acting, we want to ask the question, what's He do first? What's His priority? How, what's He lead with? And I love uh, at least three things from this that we'll cover today. Uh, he came for an interactive relationship. He came for an interactive relationship. You know, we do this on Sundays. I read a passage at the end. We do a fill-in. And underneath the fill-ins, I give you these little verse references. What are those for? Well, Scott, that's to prove that you studied and that you're smart. No. No. Those are there for you to see where we can justify a, a potential truth that I put on the board. The word interactive show up in the Scripture anywhere. Say no. no. Okay, so did I take a little liberty? Yes. yes. We have to be able to justify the things that we call facts. We need to be able to prove them scientifically. Amen? Amen. In each of those different verses, you can find places where Jesus started to interact. He initiated a conversation. Hey, what are you looking for? Hey, come and see. Hey, you, come follow me. Hey, I'm changing your name. You, you were sitting under a fig tree. I don't know, fig steak, but... I, I know who you are. We've got all this interactive relationship going on. First thing in the book of John. You read Matthew, Mark, or Luke, what's the first thing? An angel came and the clouds parted and, da, da, and there was a prophecy. In John, when it starts, here's John the Baptist going, hey, there's a guy on the scene. He's not just guy. He's God's guy. In fact, son of God, lamb of God. Look what he does. And John, Jesus, and John all start off with this interactive priority. What does that teach us? He wants a relationship. Okay, that's good. He values relationship. You could probably say he's good at relationship. I mean, they all followed him, at least in the ones we've talked about in this story. Okay, good. That's... Jesus, tell us about us. What are you supposed to learn from that? Guys, we got to have answers for more than just the balcony, okay? <laughs> I had to go through the whole downstairs to get my answer from the balcony. We need to be interactive. Relationally interactive. Our Creator, the God, shows up. First thing He does, hey, what's your name? Really? They named you Simon? Let's go with Peter. Right? He starts interacting right off the bat. How Do you initiate? Are you relational? Here's the one that's going to hurt. Do you tell your face to be relational? Do you know some people with the faces, like, you just look at them like, oh, I'm not talking to them, you know? We have an opportunity to find and follow. You can find more people. 
And if you're following, then follow that example. He's super interactive. In fact, if we go farther into the story, you're going to see it through the whole book of John. He's going to start talking to people you're not supposed to talk to. Wait, there's people you're not supposed to talk to in the Bible? No. The culture said you weren't supposed to talk to them. And what did Jesus do? Yeah, he went even more than that. He actually touched some of them or let them touch him. <gasps> what? What's he trying to do? He's trying to interact. Engage. Draw people in. How many interactions does it take before someone opens up to you? Let's, have, let's, let's play this game. This is a little bit of fun. Wait, did you just say seven? Oh, the game's over. You ruined the game, Claudia. It takes about seven interactions with somebody before they actually open up to you. So what's that going to require to get the seventh interaction? You're going to have to accept an invitation. You're going to have to answer them when they talk to you. Like My kids are doing this thing lately where I'll ask them a question and they just go silent. Apparently, I'm not allowed to smack them <laughs> or call them names or anything. I'm trying to figure this out, right? So, um, which none of them are here, so they're not even going to get this point. <laughs> I'm going to go tattoo point one on their foreheads. Um, we, we need to be interactive. It, it's, it's just so obvious. It's the whole point of him showing up on the scene is to interact with us. He does it in Genesis. When they fall, he shows up and you heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. He shows up with Jacob and wrestles with him. In fact, that's why they call it Israel. Wrestles with God, El being God. He's a God who wants to interact. Okay, Scott, that's cool. Sign me up. Um, when, when's his next visit again? When, when do I get to talk to him? That's a great question. When do you get to talk to him? Anytime? Wait, are you going to do that? Sunday school answer, pray. Right now, are you going to tell us that we need to pray more? I don't have to. You just said it yourself. You just came up with it. We got to start finding ways to interact with him. Do you, do you know why I know so much about this book? Which, by the way, it really isn't that thick. It's, I was thinking about this the other day. Most of what you're looking at here is commentary and references and all that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, I'm getting cheated. I thought I was getting that. I'm really getting about that much. It's not fair. And then I realized, oh, all that extra stuff helps me interact with scripture why do i know so much of it none of you said because i was smart that hurts that just hurts um because i read it a bunch for some of you you'd say i read it too much and for most of you i, I would say in response to the line said by doc holiday in the movie tombstone i have yet to begun to defile myself I'm going to read that thing as much as I can. Why? Because that's how I interact with him sometimes. Before this, before the announcement, there was a bunch of people up here doing stuff that they're better at than I am. What was that? It was interaction. We're repeating phrases that help us understand who God is and bringing ourselves into a moment where we're 
trying to feel Him, feel His presence or whatever. There's all kinds of ways to do that. You can serve. You can just go and sit with somebody when they're having a hard time. There's all kinds of ways. You've got to find what, what they are. And you know what comes out of that? We said it. I said it was the most best few verses or words in the passage. What comes out of interactive relationship with God? How about greater things? Yeah, greater things. Oh, yeah, yeah I remember that part, Scott. Okay, good, good. All right, that's the first one. Let's move on to the second one. Uh, one, he came for an interactive relationship. Uh, he also offers an intense exchange. Intense exchange. Intensive. You know, if Jesus was interactive, but he wasn't that bright, and he didn't offer very much, they'd be like, hey, could you hang out over there? No, no, Scott, I know you have a cold here. I brought you, I brought you a lozenge. <laughs> okay, great. I got any number of people that give me a lozenge today. I don't know how to say that word. Um, don't we want a God who gives us more than that? I God, if you're going to show up on the scene and you're going to interact with me, I want it to be good. I want a championship experience. I want A-plus, five-star, head-over-heels-in-love kind of. I want, I want best. I want top. I want greater things. When he shows up on the scene, do greater things start happening? Peter gets a new name that's going to shape the rest of all culture in the world. He is the saint of the Catholic Church, right? Um, he, he tells Nathan stuff he, he just can't know. And he says, hey, I'm, I'm just getting started. You guys are going to want to raise kids at some point. You're going to want to have a job. You're going to want to be in a relationship outside of me. I can help with all those things. I can give you answers. I can give you recovery, healing, health, happiness, joy. I can take care of the things you're afraid of. I can get over, I help you get over your losses. Anybody, don't raise your hand on this one. Anybody still stuck in losses? I, I know some people who have had some losses. I know some people in this room that have had some losses. And I, can you move on from that? Can you get better? Because if I had a God who helped me get over divorce or how that's affected me and my family, if I had a God who could help me with my physical body and the things that I'm scared about or other people in my family or friends that I know who've gone through things that no one should have to go through, that's the God I want. I want an intense God. I don't want a guy who sits off on the sidelines and orchestrates from the distance and says, eh, I hope it goes well for you. One more than a cough drop. That's your, you could write that in there if you want <laughs> Sunday service extra. I want more than a cough drop. Um, you can look at verse 48 and 50 in that to, to prove it. Last one, uh, he gives an immersive experience. An immersive experience. Well, gee, Scott, that, that kind of looks the same as interactive and intensive. Yeah, kind of. But for this, I want to take us back to the beginning, right? We started in verse 29, verses 31 through 33. That's the very beginning of today's passage. 
And John says, John the Baptist says a thing in there. He says, you know, this is the reason that I came baptizing with water. But he who comes after me is baptizing with the Holy Spirit. And he can come down. And remember that word, remain? When you, when you take a body, we got a, we got a dunk tank over here. Some people call it a baptism. That's not as exciting. When we put people in the tank, hey, do you confess your uh, love and lordship and savior, Jesus Christ? Yes, I do. Okay. And we plug the nose and they go down, right? What, what do we call that when they're going down? Im- immersion. There's your big word for the day. Why, did, why do you think they did that? Well, for Jewish custom, if you're trying to clean things, you wash all of it, right? If you get all the way under the water, that's immersion. We can get everything clean. If God wants a relationship and he's doing it with the Holy Spirit, I want you to take that same imagery that God wants to have his spirit just come and cover all of you. All parts, all aspects, heart, mind, experience, past. Because what's future? Two words, GT. Greater things. All right, good. We didn't have to go to the balcony. All right. There's greater things. But he wants you to be 100%. You got to go in all the way. When you do, can it work? Say yes. There's a guy, and he's out in the desert, and uh, he, he's dying, and he can't drink anything because he's in the desert. And he comes up on this little dinky shack. And this little dinky shack, he goes inside, opens the door, and there's a pump. And there's a bottle of water. And there's a note. What's the first thing that he thinks? Drink the water. Okay, come on. Let's all be human for a second, right? First thing he thinks is drink the water. But then he sees the pump. And now he's really excited about drinking the water because he knows when he drinks the water, he just pumps some more. And he's got a glass now or a bottle. So he's got a way to collect it and the whole thing. What's the last thing that got his attention? A note. Welcome guest. Please understand that the pump is fully functional, but it needs a whole bottle of water to prime it. Oh, dang. Now, what's the dilemma? Do I drink the water and see how much farther I can make it? Or... Do I prime the pump with the whole bottle of water, get the pump going, and then I can have as many bottles of water as I can drink? I heard that when I was, I think, high school. Someone shared that analogy with me. Um, I decided to try it. I'm still trying it. We've got to figure out how to give them all of us. You, you sang it this morning. Here, here I stand. High and what? High and high and surrendered. Well, I'll give you my Sundays, Lord. I'll give you a couple seconds before every meal. Tell you what, I'll name my kid after you. Okay, Christopher? 
You know who wants more than a cough drop? God wants more than a cough drop. I'm going to give you a little secret about my job in my industry. I got people all the time coming to me, it's not working. And I said, what are you doing? Nothing. What do you want to try? Something. Okay, let's pick a something to try. Let's see how it goes. I'll see you next week. There, I just gave you away my whole, all the secrets. Pastoral counseling. What's the problem with that? When could they start? They could have started a long time ago. They're missing out on greater things because there's just no effort. No effort. What effort could you make this week? What, what attempt at interactive, intense, immersive relationship with God could you do this week? Now, did I say complex? No. Can it be simple? Can it be cheap? It can. It'll cost you later. <laughs> but it won't feel like it. Amen? You've never started that relationship with the Lord. Um, you're missing out on His main agenda. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Who gets the sins taken away? The arena, interactive, intense, immersed. Amen? You can make that decision. You say, God, I start today. Let me in. Lord, thanks for our time. Thanks for your word. Thanks for what we can see and, and what we learn of your character, the type of God that you are. That you value relationship. You can solve all things, and yet you value relationship. I, mean, I pray, Lord, you would help us to see that and work on it. Thank you for the witness of it and the ability to copy it. And I pray for those that need to start that today, that need to accept you as Lord and Savior. And may they pray that, say that, believe that. If you're that person, let us know. We want to help you. That's why we're here. We thank you for this offering, Lord, and we pray that you bless it. Help us to be your church. In Jesus' name, amen. May you immerse yourself in an intense interactive relationship with him. Amen? Amen. All right, go with him. Amen.